This is the Predator Podcast, brought to you by Predator, the recovery assurance platform built for complete confidence. Welcome back to another episode of the Predator Podcast, where we share tips and strategies to help you boost the cyber resiliency of your company. I'm Xavi, and today we're going to be talking about who's responsible for the cyber resiliency of an organization so that you could get better prepared if you're ever hit by a uh, a data loss event and basically recover better, recover thoroughly. Yeah? And to do that with me, we've got Al, who's the CEO of our company. Welcome to the show, Al. Thank you, Zavi. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, same. Glad to have you here. And uh, yes, you're going to be diving uh, deeper into this. And to kick things off here, yeah, how would you define, let's start by clarifying the term cyber resiliency. Mm-hmm. How would you define it? The term cyber resiliency? Well, I mean, for me, the key word is is resiliency. Okay. Um, uh, as in as in defining that term, for me, it conjures up uh, terms like bounce back ability. Mm. You know, um, it's about having a, a plan B mm. that should your best intentions for whatever reason fail, uh, you 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 have the confidence, you you have the certainty that. Um, you can recover from whatever's going to hit you, okay, and, and, and to such a point that it, it it's not going to have a detrimental impact on the business. On the business, yeah, I see. And the, this term has been has come up to the forefront now. It's been, you know, I, I, when I speak to Ben, he talks about it used to be all about cyber security, yeah. and now the conversation has moved to cyber resiliency. Why do you, why has it become more important now for businesses? Yeah, so. Uh, Zavi, I think that the term cybersecurity and cyber resiliency, they are distinct terms, yeah. but ultimately, this is a cyber for most lay people, mm-hmm. they're thinking cyber security. Yeah. I think the, the focus and why cyber resiliency has come up recently, say in the last two or three years, is because the sheer volume of hacks and, and stories mm-hmm. in the media has shown that even the best prepared, most resourced organizations have still fallen victim to to cybercrime. And so despite all of that investment made in prevention and trying to detect and avoid cyber attacks in the first place, data's still been stolen, Mm. systems have still been compromised, businesses have have suffered downtime Mm. and lost revenue and lost reputation. And so I think there's a realization that we do need a plan B. Mm. We do need to be able to respond and recover mm. in an attack. And are we prepared to do that? Do we do we know how long it's going to take? Mm. Do we know if we can make it happen without having a detrimental impact on the business mm-hmm. or is minimizing the impact on the business? So I think there's a realization that, you know, we, we, we need to keep investing in cybersecurity, but at the same time, we need a plan B. I see. It makes a lot of sense. And you talk about the likelihood of being attacked. You talked about previously where it was a one in a million, you said before, that that, that was the risk. Mm-hmm. And now it's come down to like one in 50. So that kind of makes a lot of sense that a lot more businesses are now thinking of, you know what, if it's a, if it's a matter of when, we need to prepare for when we do get attacked. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense. 
And I'm now wondering, like, who is responsible in an organization now for ensuring that you can actually recover for it whenever you get hit? Well, I mean, it's no, I don't think it's no one person. Or ultimately, one person might be the CEO of the organization <laughs> uh, or the chief operating officer to, to ensure that the businesses are going concern and, and they're protecting the reputation of the business, the share price of the business. and just. Yeah. He'll be the one talking to the press yeah, when, when that happens. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but clearly, it, it's going to be a team effort mm. because the, the uh, insidious nature of, of cybercrime is such that, you know, cybercriminals only have to get it right once. Mm. <laughs> uh, or rather, the other way, the asymmetric aspect of this is that uh, an organization only needs to have one gap or one weakness to be exploited. And so it clearly is going to be a team effort across the whole organization. But I think if you were to, I think where you're going with the question is we're talking about traditionally cybersecurity has been very distinct. Uh, an office of the CISO, you know, chief information security mm. officer. And then where, where we've seen more cyber resilience come to bear is perhaps on the infrastructure team. You know, the people that design and, and operate networks. Um, storage servers, backup systems, things like that. And I think you're increasingly seeing those teams collaborating more, mm. working more as a team. Um, first, obviously, the security team to try and prevent and detect attacks before they penetrate the environment. And then with the infrastructure team, initially thinking about how do we respond and recover should the worst happen. But also we're seeing infrastructure teams starting to play a role in detection, not mm. just respond and recover. Interesting. That is very, very interesting. What do they do? Do they have like software? Do they now dive into what threat detection software as well in the infrastructure team? More, more and more so we're seeing that that um, aspect of, of looking for uh, threats, looking for anomalies within the environment can be done at many different um, points, yeah. points points of the compass, so to speak. I see. So I see. Uh, it's not necessarily just done at the uh, perimeter of the organization, I but see. because of the, I said, the nature of some cyber threats where uh, attackers can be in the environment for a long period of time, then clearly your, um, your data systems become places in which malware can be harbored. Mm. And so if we can... Uh, investigate that forensically it's another tool in the toolbox so to speak for you know a security officer to to try and detect before it becomes a major problem and that now leads me to the next question like since these two are now working towards cyber resiliency of the whole organization would you say that there's going to be maybe clashes is not the right word but would you say that there's going to be like a maybe clash between the two of them to actually move the or get the company, help boost the company's resilience. How well do these two departments work together, do you think? Um, so I, I think clearly there is signs in enterprise organizations of these two departments working much more collaboratively and closely together. Okay. Um, for the reasons that, you know, we can talk about the, um, the threat of ransomware is such that um, if we can't detect it at the first instance with security tools, then malware could be harbored within our data systems and our infrastructure. Okay. 
And therefore, if we have both teams working on the problem, mm. the probability of avoiding you know, massive damage to the organization, either from cyber threats happening in the first instance or from being able to respond to the, to the, to the threat happening and activating, then having more people working on the problem can only be a good thing. Mm. But I, I think... I think traditionally the two um, organizations take security and infrastructure, say storage and backup teams. Mm. They've probably had different um, goals, different KPIs. So storage and backups traditionally been around, you know, high availability, uptime, you know, five nines availability, everybody having access to the data that they need. Mm. But I think that's the crucial point, by the way, is having access to the data that's important and relevant to them. Mm. Whereas the security teams are, you know, more focused on things like zero trust prevention, you know, and so you can see how those two KPIs could be pulling in slightly different directions or not completely aligned. But I think if we can um, encourage organizations to work together, get those silos working together um, across cybersecurity and cyber resilience, then the odds of both prevention of, of, of cyber Exactly. Uh, attacks as well as being able to recover quickly with the minimal least amount of damage uh, mm. to the organization the odds of that happening uh, goes up Reduces, tremendously yeah. Yeah. makes a lot of sense so from what you said from what you've seen now uh, what are are there things that could be done to get these two departments to collaborate better like uh, so that they're actually instead of misaligning slightly so that they're actually pulling in that one direction and if there's a hit they can just uh, basically iron this out quickly. Yeah, well, I think there's there's probably two or three things that I'd encourage organizations to do. One is to start, first of all, um, understand your goals and KPIs across both teams. Okay. Okay, and it, once you understand the goals and KPIs, you can start to actually build a cross-functional team. Mm. That's point two. And then staff it with the appropriate people to do the different tasks and, and duties that those goals require. I see. Okay, so you have an operational process that combines cybersecurity and cyber resilience. I see. So is that like a bridge between those two teams? Absolutely. So we start to foster that collaboration. Okay. We then need to make sure that we have the observability uh, tools available that we can start to measure and report on our improvements over time because this isn't a, you know, build it and it's fixed. It's an ongoing journey to improve the cyber resilience and cyber security posture. And so we need to be able to measure where we are now, measure where we're going to be, and keep a track of our progress over time. So reporting and observability become majorly important so we can track our progress. Mm. Okay. And then the, the, the final thing is planning. Mm. You know, we only have to get this, you know, organizations only have to get it wrong once. Mm. You know, cyber attackers only have to get it right once. So, so it's an asymmetric threat. Um, and so if we're not planning and proactively testing our plans in a regular manner, yeah. then we don't want to be finding out our lack of recoverability or our lack of bounce back ability, our lack of resilience after when, after, yeah, <laughs> when a major incident's happened. Yeah. We want to be preparing for it. And the only way we can prepare for it is to A, have a plan, mm. and B, to test that plan regularly. I see. 
Oh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful chat. You've been really giving us a good insight into this whole cyber resiliency thing and even shared some awesome tips to help uh, business basically get better prepared for this attack. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Thank you, Zavi. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. And the... That's it for, from us today. Uh, thank you so much for watching. And if you'd like to learn more about how to close your recovery gap, we've created an awesome ebook for you, which you could download after, at the end of this uh, podcast. There's going to be a link at the, bo- at the bottom of this video as well. So until the next episode, thank you so much for watching and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Predator podcast. Brought to you by Predator the recovery assurance platform built for complete confidence. Learn more at predator.com.